Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. Hi, everybody. How you doing? Today, let's talk about the smart city plan around 5G, the smart city 5G business plan. So we just had the Super Bowl. And when you look at those venues out there, like when I say venues, I mean like a, a Super Bowl stadium, an NFL stadium here in the States, it'd be American football. When you look at something like that, it's really a tiny smart city. You think about the applications they run just for this, the uh, NFL game the specific things that they have, the DAS system they have put in, the small cells that they run and the type of loading it has and the tons of Wi-Fi and the automation that they have in there. You know, they have more than just things for the end user, let's say more than just things for the fans, but they also have, you know, wireless credit card machines and things like that. They have a complete network in there. They have a massive backhaul. So you could really look at that as a subset of a smart city. It's right in there between a smart city and a smart building, which is pretty cool. But first, let's thank my sponsor, Tower Tracker Pro, towertrackerpro.com. They have all your closeout package needs and a software as a service where you can get it done right the first time to the site. One visit, done. Before they leave the site, they can send everything back, everything that they did for the closeout package, back to the back office where somebody can verify, check it, and make sure that everything's the way it should be. And it should be as good as it can get because they walk through the site point by point. Also, I'd like to thank Tower Safety and Instruction out in Phoenix, Arizona, towersafety.com, which is just an outstanding school, state accredited school, Arizona state accredited school, which will have all your tower training, well, tower safety training needs. And it will also have drone training for any of you that want to get into drone work out there. And trust me, there's going to be a lot of drone work coming up. I'm talking with more and more companies that are doing drone work. Also, I have several books out. I have the LTE deployment book, the handbook for small cell CRAN and DAS. That's right, LTE deployment for small cell CRAN and DAS. And I also have the 5G deployment plan handbook, all available at wade4wireless.com. Coming soon, I will have techfecta.com, which is another company I'm working on. Anyway, let's get back to the Smart City 5G business plan. And I'm just gonna go through things quickly here what you need to build your business case around. So the thing about smart cities, there's more than just wireless. So I know I say about wireless, but let's face it, you want to save energy too. And you can also add remote energy into this. When I say remote energy, like solar systems, when I say solar systems, you know, it's a solar power systems is what I'm talking about. Solar power for around the smart city, wherever you can put solar panels in, building tops, rooftops, uh, maybe in parks. I mean, that's pretty cool. Also, you can have wind farms, you know, just small poles, wind energy. So the city can start to generate its own energy. But how do you save energy on this? Well, I'm going to tell you. You can put in the most cost-effective lighting in the lampposts. But the lampposts, now, <laughs> I know all the cities are saying, oh, we got to replace the lamps, the lampposts, and so on. If you look at the energy savings for the LED lights and how long they last, I think it'll be well worth it to do that. 
But if you can partner with a tower company, and I know Crown Castle has done this quite a bit, they put in their own poles. That way you have something very efficient and you have the wireless built in. And you can also run fiber. Fiber's already run throughout many of these cities. It's just a matter of whether it's run overhead, which most cities do just because that's the way they have. They have a lot of telephone poles and such. But you can also run it underground. And there's a lot of efficient ways to run it underground and put the equipment underground and put the equipment in the poles. So you have to think about that. So we're looking at two things here. A connected city, a smart city is a connected city, and a smart city is an energy efficient city. We want both. So that's what we're looking at. So the residents do want a well-connected city. Wi-Fi would be nice. The thing about cities and Wi-Fi, they don't have the staff to manage it. I'm not saying they can't manage it. You have to manage something. I know everything's automated now, but if you have problems, if you have people that complain or something, I think it's better just to hand that off to somebody like a WISP or a cable company or somebody like that. I mean, if the city wants to manage it, fine. So you can offer free Wi-Fi and just go by like uh, Comcast has a model where you get, you know, a couple hours or so much data for free, just like a lot of airports. You get Wi-Fi for free for maybe an hour or so. After that, you can subscribe and you can have a monthly subscription. That way the tourists can connect for an hour or so if they want to, so they can find their way around and get data and find restaurants. But then the residents can pay whatever, you know, if they want to. Or you can offer free Wi-Fi, which I am all for because I love free Wi-Fi. So you have to run a smart city smart. Think about all the parking meters. Think about everything you can connect. Think about all the things that can be automated. I mean, it's really well beyond just the wireless for the residents. Uh, you can monitor parking. You can monitor all that. I mean, we go well beyond just the parking meters even. Think about the smart meters for uh, the gas and the electric company. All that plays into this. I mean, it, um, it's all going to add up because you're going to want to, oh, and the water company. It's all going to add up because you're going to want to have the smart meters spread out there. You're going to want everything automated. That's the key for a smart city. The better it's automated, the better you can manage, the better you can watch everything. So... Obviously, let's get into the next subject, which is coverage. Coverage is the entire city, right? But if you're looking at a city like New York City, where you have several boroughs, you got the five boroughs, you're going to concentrate on each borough for a specific thing. Also, you want to manage traffic. You want to know what traffic's like, open parking spaces for the city, things of that nature. Now, this is where the public-private partnerships come into play. Uh, I the, the city's just not going to fund everything, Right. So they're going to want to partner with people to get Wi-Fi out there, to have someone manage it, and also to find the uh, spots. And uh, when I say spots, the mounting assets out there for the city to mount it. You're going to want to put all that out there. And you're going to want to have it where maybe the city will provide the spots, the mounting assets, and another company will manage your Wi-Fi. And then the backhaul might be handled by somebody else. I don't know. But you're going to have to have a public-private partnership. Cities don't want to fund it all. Everyone wants a smart city. Nobody wants to pay for it. But somebody's got to pay for it. So it's going to be a partnership the way I see it. Now, the city's going to have to pay for something, like when they monitor traffic lights or parking spaces. Or if you have private parking garages, again, you can have that feed into a central database so someone can get on an app and see where the empty parking spaces are. If you don't think that serves the city's interest, the city wants people to park in the city. If there's no parking, people may leave or they may talk about what a terrible experience they had. 
But if there's an app that tells them where there's open parking spaces or a garage that's not full, that is valuable. Trust me. Did you ever park in Philadelphia? <laughs> Philadelphia, the parking garages fill up all the time. They just, in my opinion, they don't seem to have enough. Plus, it would be nice if you have a service vehicle, which I did, and you know where you can park because a lot of the parking garages over there aren't much over six foot. So cars fit in fine. SUVs, hit or miss, trucks, no. So you have to have outdoor parking, which Philly has. You just have to know where to look for them. Again, you want to educate the people coming into the city. That's up to the city to do that with apps, but it's up to the parking garages and the businesses to let people know that they're out there. That's my point here. And you want people to park in the city if you can. If they're on the outskirts of town and they have to walk in or take a bus, and then let them know how to get in. Okay, the goal of this coverage is that it needs to be thought about deeply for the use case. Now, what do I mean here? Obviously, Wi-Fi is where people congregate. Smart meters, you have to actually get to the meters, which could be in the back of the buildings or usually hidden, or they could be in the building. You got to think about what fireworks need for uh, firework, like say police and fire rescue guys, uh, emergency responders. What are they going to need? They're going to need their access too. So let's not forget those guys when we do a smart city because they're going to need access for multiple things. Granted, they need voice, constant contact for voice. They may want to track the people and have people trackers on them, but they may also need to pull down plans for a building so they know how to get in and search and rescue. It's more than just one aspect now. We're looking at a, at a really a wider picture of what's possible. Before, it was easy for them to just talk to each other, then call somebody and try to get paper plans. But now they have computers. They should be able to get those plans almost immediately. They can't wait around anymore. If something's going wrong or something, there's a problem. They want to know right away, and they want it on a computer right there at the scene because you know they all have laptops now. Now, let's talk about the budget. Budgets, 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 budgets. Budgets are a touchy subject because everybody likes to put the stuff in. Nobody wants to pay for it again, but it's got to be paid for. I want to get paid. Don't you want to get paid? We all want to get paid, right? But you have to come up with a budget so you know what you're working with. And when I'm talking budgets, I'm talking CapEx and OpEx. And let's break it down. Coverage is going to determine a budget. The particular function is going to determine a budget. You're either going to have a smart meter system. That's going to be quite a budget because you got to reach out to it, but it's going to be a lower power, cost efficient, less bandwidth system. What about uh, controlling the traffic lights? They may or may not be wireless. You may have fiber run to all the lights, so it may not be an issue or copper. Most uh, traffic lights don't need a lot of data on off. Is it working? But if you have video at all the intersections, now you need broadband. You're either going to want fiber or you're going to want some type of wireless that can really handle a lot of bandwidth. So I just want you to think about that. Oh, by the way, if you're going to do services, is it a prevailing wage area? Is it a union required area? You think it doesn't matter? It matters. Let me tell you something. One time I was in Philly doing engineering work and we were on a back street checking coverage at a pole in a bucket truck and out of nowhere, the sky pulls up in a Lincoln and he just starts screaming at us. Now, luckily my partner who I was with was prepared for this. I didn't take any tools. I just had a laptop and an antenna. Why didn't I have tools? Because if you have tools, the union guys have to touch the tools. I wasn't allowed to because I was an engineer. This guy came out of nowhere, just started screaming. My partner 
knew who he was and say, hey, we're just here. We're doing testing. It's engineering work. And he, this guy in this Lincoln watched us for the next three hours or so from his car while we were testing, followed us around in a bucket truck. And he, every time we get out, he get out. He was right in our face. He looked around to see if we were, ha- we were touching any tools and we weren't. We just had a laptop, a radio and an antenna and we were doing testing. Why do I bring this up? Because the unions have a lot of pull in the city and I just want you to be safe. That's all. So just be smart. But when you bid the job, I don't want you to lose money either. Trust me. Cities, you, you pay a little more to do work in the cities. That's just how it is. So you also got to think of the outdoor coverage or the venues, the streets, everything you got to cover. I think a lot of this is obvious, right? Traffic lights. What apps are you going to have apps? What What's the bandwidth? Obvious stuff, right? You, you're smart people. You'll figure it out. Now, let's go to the next subject, with it, which is Spectrum for Smart Cities. Listen, Spectrum is a key thing. Public safety is probably going to have their own Spectrum for voice and data, right? But you want to be sure that your first responders are covered. This is something a lot of people overlook because they want to save budgets. And you know what? Here's the thing I learned about public safety, and I did it for years. Nobody cares about it until there's an emergency. <laughs> then everybody cares, and then everybody's angry. Everyone points fingers, and it really takes the um, takes a focus off the emergency because everyone's, I'm going to be honest with you, everyone's pissed off because they don't have coverage wherever the emergency is because it's not an issue till there's an emergency there. Now, after the fact, someone will get it fixed. Trust me, I've done a lot of that. I've come in after the fact to try to fix things. I just want to tell you guys, think about this. You want the city covered, and just because there's a bad area, that's the more reason to have not only coverage there of voice, but also for data so people can uh, get into that area and do things. And the other thing, a lot of cities overlook Wi-Fi and broadband really matter because they can bring a bad section of town up. Now, what do I mean by that? If you have internet access and, and if, if your carriers have good access there, suddenly your rough part of towns have a business stream where people can work from their laptops. Hey, I'm a guy. I work mostly from my home on my laptop for several businesses, and that's what I do. If you have that in the city too, you can do the same thing. All of a sudden, you're bringing people up. They can do more work at home. They can do more work remote. It matters because it helps economically. Anyway, I'm off my high horse. I just think broadband's a big deal. It adds a lot more than just a convenience factor that most people see. But internet access for the citizens is huge. I'm hoping LTE use uh, really stands out. And the other thing I'm hoping for, a lot of fixed wireless to residents. That's going to take off soon. When I say six fire, six fixed. <laughs> when I say fixed wireless. I mean that actually the wireless to the home will be a huge issue, a wireless to uh, an apartment or something like that, because now everyone will have access to that wireless. Anyway, I digress. Let's get back. Uh, Traffic lights, probably a licensed spectrum, maybe unlicensed in the 900 megahertz spectrum, low bandwidth. Video will take a lot of spectrum. You're either going to have fiber, you're going to run millimeter wave. You know, many cities have Wi-Fi, maybe a dedicated network. So they can do that. You're going to have parking meters and garage space. 
an IoT play. It may or may not be wireless, but again, you're going to need to have that. Now, the thing about parking meters and park and garage space monitoring, it'd be great if you could get an app that does that. But the other thing to think about, uh, you might have a knock or something monitoring that. I'm just saying, somehow you got to get it out to the people. You'd want it as automated as possible. Okay. And the last thing, are you going to do analytics? Most cities, they put all this stuff in place. They have, they can touch a lot of stuff. Several cities, I'm not saying the whole city, but in certain areas, they can touch everything, but they never think to do the analytics or to have a knock or monitor it. And here's what I mean by analytics. When are your busy times? When do you have the most, let's say, I'm going to use parking spaces. It's easy, but you could have video, camera, traffic, anything. When's traffic the highest? When are parking spaces the most available? When are all the parking spaces full? What days are your busy days in the city? All those analytics can really help a city with uh, allocating its resources and assets. Are Friday nights unusually busy? Are Thursday nights empty? Is there nobody in the city? Then the other thing they can do, if they do have slow times in the city, maybe they can have functions that bring people into the city after hours or maybe during the week. I'm just saying it's something to think about. All right. That's all I got today, everybody. I wanted to make it quick. I was a little longer than I thought I would be. But remember, be smart, be safe, and pay attention. See ya.